0: The following podcast contains adult subject matter. Listener discretion. Is advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this interview episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. As always, I'm Gabe. I will give myself no descriptors because I get lost in them and talk too much about them. With me today, I have Anders Heinrichsen, who is um, one of the lead male actors in Blood Machines, which is on Shudder uh, and was crowdfunded through Kickstarter. Um, if the episode that we talk about Blood Machines isn't out yet, a quick recap is it's an absolutely bonkers opera created by Seth uh, oh man (laughs) Uh, Seth Eicherman Eicherman. yeah sorry I was stumbling (laughs) over the name there Seth Eicherman uh, who also has worked with uh, Carpenter Brute to make uh, some music videos and it's just a really talented director. Anders how are you doing
1: today man? Brilliant thank you I just had um, like a handful of marshmallows and I had two Cokes and I'm kind of regretting it right now (laughs) oh man (laughs) <laughs> Except <laughs> from that I'm um, I'm fine Hey,
0: it's better than me. This morning I woke up to find that one of my cats had been trapped in the bathroom and just flushed the toilet until he flooded the bathroom and our basement. So that was <laughs> so good so morning, like, and fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, Anders, so let's talk a little bit about this crazy movie that you were, I, I guess like miniseries or movie, however you want to present it, that you were in, uh, First of all, tell me how you got involved in in uh, acting in the movie. Like, how, how did that situation come about?
1: Yeah, I'm a Danish actor, so I'm I'm living in Denmark, and uh, I um, I got a call from my agent who said that they wanted to, a Skype meeting with me, like these French directors, and there was something about a French sci-fi if I was interested. in. well, yeah, yeah, cool. And um, I think the, my way into it is the, the French casting director, um, Annette Trommel. She knew she knew me from other, I have tape for all the other projects she was, she was doing. So she, she knew of me and I think she kind of nudged the directors in my direction. And uh, I just had a sh- kind of a short Skype meeting with um, Annette and uh, Raphael one of the guys from Seth Eicherman. And it was kind of, that was kind of it. We just had a conversation and, um, I was, and I think not, not that's quite soon after I found, found myself in Paris for a, a table reading on a Friday and we started shooting Monday. So it was kind of, um, I was kind of thrown into it.
0: <laughs> so with, with um, like the video that uh, that Eicherman made for Turbo Killer, and of course with Blood Machines, it's it's very difficult to tell where the line is between like a practical effect and a digital effect. What was it like working on something that was so heavily like digitally modified in in the long
1: run? Well, actually, it wasn't that well. That Sure, there is a lot of CGI in the in the film, in the movie, but they had they had actually built um, sets for us to act in. So the spaceship is actually built, and and uh, so so it was a, a great thing for us as actors. We were actually able to feel and and you know and and just we're we're in the spaceship. We didn't have to pretend. Well, it's a space film, so naturally right. have to pretend. <laughs> But, you know, they had actually built a a, a lot of the sets, so uh, it was a great help for us as actors. But I think it was more just to get... I think actually, to be honest, it took me like maybe a week or so into the shooting before I actually got like, oh, so this is what we're doing. Because, because, you know, we had the... uh, I don't speak French and um the guys uh they don't speak english so um yeah some some things were kind of lost in translation along the way and it i was it, it um so it was kind of a, a it took some time to, like, to to understand what kind of the what what we actually were doing or, or what the way they were thinking and uh, yeah does that make any sense? Yeah,
0: it does. It sounds it sounds really complicated working on something that is so like intentionally kind of like thematically evasive, while also dealing with a language barrier. Was was that one of like the main challenges that you had working on the film?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, we had so much fun uh but naturally yeah there are some things that are lost in translation when you're working with a director you have you know the um the whole ability to have a discussion about something about a scene or uh, this piece of dialogue it was kind of that wasn't really a possibility because i had like i had an american dialect coach on uh, james and he was the greatest guy but he didn't speak french either so <laughs> we kind of had <laughs> so it was kind of like uh, i just i repeated some of the stuff they said. And, um, and we also shot extremely much out of sequence. So um, uh, when I look at myself in the film, I go like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, I was like, oh, that's what we were doing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but at the time we were shooting it, I didn't necessarily know what was going on. I just was like, you just, you just take a leap of faith. And you just go in well, in Denmark, we have this kind of expression called um, wearing a a yes hat It means you just put on that hat and you just say yes to whatever is thrown at you and that was kind of my approach to this whole project because everyone <laughs> was so cool and nice and ambitious and um so 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 uh, uh, I, I gotta say that yeah, some things were lost in translation and and um, there were there were times on the set where I had like um, a handful of people speaking to me at the same time t- trying to explain or translate what we were doing or what they want to do with this with this small piece of dialogue and you so you just give it a shot and uh, um, uh, you know I just I had a tremendous amount of um, trust um, in these guys so yeah
0: So with, you know, with working on what sounds kind of like a, in a hectic situation and maybe not always knowing exactly what you were doing, what was it like seeing the finished product? Because like this movie is absolutely something else. Like it's not like anything I think I've ever experienced and it's definitely... I mean it it's it's the kind of movie that I would put like in the same category as something like Beyond the Black Rainbow or something like that, where it's like a very intense and different experience. So what was it like seeing that put together for the first time?
1: When I saw it for the first time, I was I was blown away. And it was so people have asked me whether I was it like you expected or, you know, and I kind of, it's a weird answer to give, but like, I expected to be surprised about how good it looked and how good it was. And I was blown away. I saw it, you in know, a, in a, I went to Paris just before Christmas for a screening. And I saw, so I saw it in like, in a movie theater. Oh. And I, you, you can feel that you can just, you can you can feel the music, you, you have the visuals that were it was so spectacular. So, so yeah, I was I was kind of extremely humbled just to like, dude, I'm a part of that, you know. And um, so I'm yeah. So it was it was I was really I was quite touched actually that, and I know how much the guys have worked on this project and for how long and for how little money they have made this film for like on a such low budget. So I was um, I was blown away.
0: So with uh with American distribution being through Shutter which is a subscription service have you seen like a different segment of people like interacting with you or like trying to communicate with you than you would normally see on one of your projects
1: You <laughs> <laughs> No yeah um I get I get some some quite nice um um, emails from people um, all over the world, uh, and uh, it kind of goes because this kind of genre isn't kind of it wasn't something I knew so much about before. So you can't I, for my, for me personally, it's been like, wow, this really is. Um, there's a huge audience out there, and also just for the for the uh, uh, carpenter brut or brut carpenter I don't see I don't even know how to pronounce that Um, but I'm American so I just go carpenter brute I'll go with that man
0: carpenter brute we're we're assholes we pronounce things however we feel like pronouncing them you said it
1: yeah no I know I'm not a fan don't worry Anyway, anyway, um, uh, yeah, so uh, and he's got a huge following and a lot of a huge yeah. a lot of fans out there. And um, so, yeah, it has kind of taken me a bit uh, by surprise how much, um, how many people actually have seen it and have an opinion about it. Um, but also, I gotta say that even during the Kickstarter campaign, it was quite fantastic to see just how many people were pitching in and how fast, they w- they, they went on a second uh, the, the start of the second Kickstarter campaign to pay for some of the post production because they wanted to extend the film with I think about 20 minutes and not sure that's going to cost for, because of all the CGI and they raised the amount of money like in no time and that was like, whew, you know it's, yeah, yeah, I got to say the word hum, humbling it comes into my mind again. So, um, yeah. So
0: I know that my co-host, Juan, who has probably been the person that's communicated with, you know, with you or your agent over email the most... He's going to watch this, and then when we talk about it, he's going to go, what the fuck was that? Because, (laughs) like, sometimes, like, things like this, he just doesn't, like, vibe with or enjoy as much as I do. So, I, I know that... You know, there's gotta be an underlying message that that the director is going for. But when you watched the movie, what did you come away with it thinking? Like what was what was kind of like the theme or the feel that you came away with when everything was said and done?
1: My first thought was I wanna get high and see it again (laughs) that was my first thought too and i (laughs) I swear to god that was that was my i was sitting and the credits were rolling i was like i want to get high and then just go watch this thing again um so (laughs) that was my first uh, yeah my first thought
0: like with the imagery like Do you feel that like the themes and like the imagery of the movie did it make you feel like unsettled or were you like did it feel weird to work with like such dark things, knowing you know or kind of looking at your background and seeing the other kind of movies that you've been in like it seems like a much darker film than you've worked with before
1: yeah that's yeah, yeah that's that's definitely true um but um I think as an actor, I, I I kind of, I'm I'm kind of okay with not being. I'm I'm very much, I'm trying to be very much aware that there is some that the the whole project is bigger than me and 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 however I feel about stuff or in a good way in a bad way, I'm like some someone has a vision and, and um, clearly. I could feel that Seth command they had they had this very very clear uh, vision about what they were going to do, and I've also seen seen um, Turbo Killer before their, their their first music video for uh, Carpenter Brute. and Brut, um, and so I was kind of I was, I was just like I, I just I, I love the uh, aesthetics, um, and I just uh, yeah I just I didn't I didn't no, it didn't bother me at all. I just like. This is unlike anything I've done before. And, um, yeah, I just jumped into it. I (laughs) I didn't...
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Like, the the aesthetics of the film is really what drew me into watching it in the first place. You know, I I subscribed to Shudder, and as soon as I saw the trailer for it, I was like, I gotta see this movie, because this is, you know, exactly right up my alley. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, so... As as you're working on the film, and you know afterwards you've seen it, you know you've experienced kind of like the fan interaction. If if you know you were presented with like a similar project from Eicherman, is that something that you would be interested in? Like, would you work?
1: Yes. Oh yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah,
0: that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, they're so. Yeah. They're. Listen. What What they have done for this amount of money think is a couple of millions you know give them like a, a, a bigger budget and let them do all the Marvel, uh, Marvel things you know i mean i mean they, they are so talented and visionary and and i have i would i trust them and i would follow them in a heartbeat
0: it it is pretty ridiculous like how low of a budget they worked with to create something that looks better than <laughs> than a lot of like blockbuster <laughs> movies. Like I I it's it's interesting to me that like visually it's absolutely stunning. Like just some of those first scenes with like the spaceship and then like the scenes at the end where you know you're you're getting sucked into the to the you know giant you know uh the giant woman and becoming part of part of her like that mm-hmm. stuff is crazy to look at and just it's it's interesting to me that they were able to do all that with so little money. Um do you know much about like their process and like how how they managed to make that happen?
1: I know that Savitri uh the other half of um, Seth Ikenman. He has a background in work like uh in work like that. So uh, he is uh so he 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 they have a he's a huge you know um resource in himself and um so he's a very um what are you saying perfectionist is that yeah right yeah 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 he's <laughs> great um so far so good um yeah but um he's um he's yeah he's he's like the whole he's the computer visuals you know c g i guy and he he so, so, so it's not like I think it would, if if it was two guys who didn't know anything about uh, making like CGI or anything, it, they would they would be worse off. But because Semetri um, is so um, perfectionist and and has has so much experience within that field, I think they have been able to just know get the right guys get the right help and control that whole process and and, uh, and I also think as and that goes for me as well I think tech guys they will look at the film, if someone were offered to work on this film for a small amount of money or for free, I don't know um, they would just be like I have to be a part of this so I think that's how they made this happen
0: that's awesome. It it was it's interesting to because I didn't know anything about it. Like I had seen Turbo Killer, uh, you know, as a video before, but I had I hadn't heard anything about Blood Machines until the trailer came out on Shutter. So to like kind of retroactively go back and like see kind of how the Kickstarter happened and how that all built up has been mm. has been really interesting because they I mean they basically made a movie for nothing compared to compared to how most movies work. And it's, I, I hope it turns into that kind of uh, Robert Rodriguez story where they make something amazing for nothing and then they throw a budget at them and they make something even more amazing, you know?
1: I think that's going to happen. I, I really hope I, I hope so and I think so because I think, um, you know, that's a lot of Hollywood execs who well, are like, do you say that executive, what's the short what yeah exact yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be hip and cool and I can't, can't even pronounce it um, no, anyway okay. I think I just hope that you know people with money they will see this film and they will just you know throw a lot of money after these guys because and I, I, I think this I think turbo killer will oh, well that as well, but also blood machine blood machines will 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 serve as a you know as a kind of a, you know a, a business card you know yeah and um, yeah stepping it's, stone.
0: On on our show we we talk about the wheelbarrows full of money, so <laughs> that, that's what we're hoping <laughs> yeah. for him that somebody just rolls up with with a wheelbarrow full of money. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so you know the the rest of the cast you know. It, it, mm-hmm. it's a very intense like film and there's like moments where, where you are are I mean evil like you're you know you're talking about effectively like raping a lady because she's a machine to you even though they, they feel that they're human you know, were, there, were there difficult or like tense scenes that you had to do with some of the actors or did everybody seem to like really gel together as you were working
1: I have done way worse scenes than that in my career. <laughs> I gotta say, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's work, and we actually we we, we came along very very fine, and, and and you know we just had a. It's one of these projects where you know you just, you just have fun, and everyone and every, everyone on set knows that this is crazy, but you can just you come together and you just make this happen and happen, and. Um, as as goes for my my wonderful colleagues i i'm still in touch with with them and also the rest of the the blood machines team we actually have a you know a um what do you call it? a a group you know like messaging thing where we are uh, as as it, just this night people were, put, were posting pictures from behind the scenes and you know making fun of stuff so so we all kind <laughs> of we, we're all still in touch and um so it just goes to show that we all got along quite well. And even though it was like so, so hard doing this project, everyone is still, you know, keeping in touch. So, yeah. That's awesome. Like, it sounds like you guys made, I mean, you did
0: make something very special, but it sounds like you guys also created like a little community that that's very special. And that that's really cool to me. So... I am a massive fan of French comic books Um, like I I absolutely love like the aesthetic that they create especially like within their science fiction. So I have to ask how was working on Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets different you know like being on the set how was that different than, than working on blood machines?
1: I think when it comes to like um, when you're making a film, it's, it doesn't matter if it's low budget or big budget or what it is. the The basic principles, you know, they're still the same. I mean, don't look into the camera. Um, but I mean, <laughs> so 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 the whole way of working is just the same. With Valerian, of course, they had like let's see, 150 million dollars budget, right? I think. And um, so, you know, you have you had all that big Hollywood bus, a lot of security, a lot of secrecy, a lot of you know, big hotel room, <laughs> and all that uh, all that stuff. Um, but when it comes down to the work, it is actually quite similar. And um, so, so. Um, yeah. That's
0: that's interesting. Like it's it's cool that as an actor,
1: like your craft is your craft, no matter like where where or what you're doing, right? Yeah, and and for me, when I got that, because the, the 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 part I have in Valerian, that is just like I have, I think I have three three or four lines in it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know my scene before I got onto the set. Because they didn't want to send the pages. I just did a self-tape, and I had some a piece of dialogue about something else, and I was chosen for the part, and I got down, and Luc came over, and we went through the scene, and he was like, this is going to happen. I was like, okay. And so for me personally, it was more like, um, let's see if I can work under these conditions, you know, with Hollywood stars and all that. So um I gotta say that, like, like blood machines. That was just that, an an adventure. That's that's cool. Like, it, it's interesting to hear when actors work in kind
0: of both realms. Because sometimes we either talk to people that just do independent films, or talk to people that just do like you know big budget films. We we don't really see a lot of people that that have had the opportunity to work in both, and that it's really interesting to just hear. That you know you respect your craft enough that you just approach every job the same way. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, you have to do that, and I mean, you have to be. Um, you also, if you get the opportunity, if like if you're, if you get to a point in your career where you just do big, you know, big budget stuff, no matter if you're a DOP, if you're a director or something else, you have to like. I think you have an obligation also to. To to take part in in low budget stuff, just because the whole like um, the whole cycle of the way this business works, you know, you can meet someone like sixteen year old, and you know they might be doing their first short film, and you're out naked in the woods in the night, and you're freezing, and the director is fighting with the DOP about what shot they want, and you go like, "Fuck, I'm too old for this," but you know, (laughs) they're learning. And next week they would be doing something even cooler. And and this has happened to me like a couple of years goes by and then suddenly you're working together on big productions, but you gotta help each other out in this business. No matter how uh, and and you know, no matter how much you paid or not paid.
0: That's awesome. So, Anders, as we get kind of towards the end of the interview, I I know that there's a lot of people because of the coronavirus that don't have a ton of things in the works, but it looks like you do have a few things that are already in post-production and getting ready to come out. Uh, What are some of the things that we can look forward to you being
1: in in the future? Um, Right now I'm shooting a historical biopic about a Danish... um, Uh, writer takes place in 1950s that comes out next year and uh, i have um, completed the production about it's called breeder breeder it's a horror film it's kind of um, quite gory stuff about biohacking and babies getting slaughtered Uh, (laughs) that kind of feel good movie and (laughs) um (laughs) i'm on board (laughs) and uh (laughs) <laughs> gotcha um and um i have and next year i start filming in january a a, a, um, a historical film as well that takes place in denmark during the german occupation in the 1940s um so and i also have a tv series coming out called alpha it's actually been sold to several con- countries already but um, it's a really cool um, TV series. So yeah, I have I've been yeah I'm fortunate enough to have um, work lined up for me. It's awesome. <laughs> I've got range, man. I got yeah, range. You
0: do. <laughs> Sci-fi, Danish history, and like ultraviolence. Like it's pretty rad. <laughs> Anders, how can how can our listeners find you and keep track you on
1: social media so that they don't miss anything that you come out with? They can find me on Instagram, on um, at Annas Heinrichsen. (laughs) Go ahead and spell that. Um, (laughs) I I bet they can check out your website and they will find a link to my Instagram. For
0: sure. Well, Anders, thank you so much for your time. I I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for being in this movie. Like, I, I feel like you add a lot to it and this is probably gonna be my favorite movie of the year unless the four-hour movie from the guy that made hereditary is going to come out this year but I don't think it's
1: so <laughs> you're too you're too kind but um thank you very much and thank you very much for having me
0: The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albi is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren Space production.